0: These are sounds of Lake Ontario, recorded in the Niagara region by artist Elizabeth Chitty in St. Catharines. This, along with sounds from all around the world, are uh, arranged on the theme The Unquiet Earth for a special broadcast on World Listening Day, which is July 18th. That will be heard on Wave Farm and on NASA Radio as well as the YouTube site for the World Listening Project. who are producing and arranging this special listening event. For today's show, I discuss World Listening Day with my guests, composer Eric Leonardson from Chicago and filmmaker Raquel Castro from Lisbon. We cover the theme of the unquiet earth and also the relevance of considering sound I'm talking about global phenomena such as climate change, as well as the recent transformations that took place during the COVID-19 lockdowns. think just to begin maybe is let's establish what um, World Listening Day is. I know that it happens on the birthday of R. Murray Schaefer, uh, uh, you know, important uh, early uh, thinker about the idea of the soundscape. Um, But what does World Listening Day mean today in 2021 as opposed to what it could have meant if it was around in the late 70s when Murray was doing his work?
1: I think it would have been rather mystifying and radical uh, uh, back in those days, but uh, what it means for us now has uh, probably changed quite a bit because of changes in technology. And I think um, one example of that would be the role of audio recording technologies. And they're still going through a rapid process of change uh, now, as we speak, uh, at least within the, the past few years. But to get to the the core of World Listening Day is about is it presupposes that sound and uh, listening and our environment are related to one another and that's an idea that uh was born with uh, the world soundscape project back in the 70s um the uh the project that uh, murray Schafer initiated at simon fraser university and we're listening day is a way for um us now to uh engage with a global community, uh, the technologies of not just recording and and to be more specific, field recording, the idea that one could go out with a microphone and recorder and record the sounds of their environment, Uh, not just people talking and not just the music that we make, but all the other sounds that we might say is a part of the soundscape. uh, the sounds of, of life, of movement, of the weather, of animals and uh, the earth um, become a part of uh, an important part of what is happening in our world. And it, and it, it provides information and aesthetic enjoyment both. Um, and with that, uh, it's a, 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 an important um, field of study. Um, it's a way to enjoy our relationship with our environment. Um, and the theme that Rick Kell created for this year, The Unquiet Earth, is really, for me, pretty exciting. I think it's a very compelling theme and uh, resonates perfectly with what um, we can learn by listening and, and also participating. So this idea of listening is meant to be a very, um, uh, an active process. It's one of engagement uh, and participation. So with that, uh, the technology of the internet helps us connect with communities all around the world and make it a global event.
0: And Raquel, for the theme, you came up with the theme for this year, The Unquiet Earth, which sparked that idea.
2: Well, uh, um, first of all, thank you, Darren, for the invitation. And also, I I would like to thank the, the Eric Linatsen and the World Listening Project for giving me the chance to think a little bit about what could be a theme for such an important day, which is celebrated throughout the world. And um, uh, this idea of unquietness is something that I've been uh, thinking a lot because uh, with the current events of the pandemics and uh, all the the restrictions and uh, the lockdowns and all of this, um, it's been a constant uh, complaint from many people not uh, related to the sound world uh, about this sudden Kind of silence that people miss, mistake for silence. So, the, because people started to listen to a lot of sounds that they didn't notice before. Um, and this uh, um, brought me the impression. Uh, first of all, uh, I, 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 this is something that I think is very clear in this situation. I think it's an important moment for us to reflect on many things, but uh, sound can help us a lot in this uh, thinking. So, uh, one, one of these ideas that aroused me when, I was, when we were in lockdowns was this connection that people started to feel with the outside space. Uh, um, through sounds and also these other layers of sound that was that were masked before and the the little sounds that were possible to be heard suddenly Uh, and all this idea of connectedness with the other species with the with the environment with one another through sounds behind uh, uh, our beyond our walls uh, uh, is something that i think is very important and also this activation of of listening to really small sounds uh, it's a kind of uh, um, it's like you go inside uh, <laughs> the real essence of things so so i think it's in in this situation um i think the world is really uh, unquiet uh, so so many things happening, which are very strong in our uh, current times, and uh, and it's also a, a kind of a message uh, for change, asking for change, um, and and so uh, also this idea of a kind of revolution <laughs> that could be, that is urgent, a, a different kind of uh, thinking, a different kind of attitude towards the world, to towards the others. And and so this first this idea of unquiet, uh, coming from here, then the idea of a revolution that can be done through listening, because uh, I, I think really that uh, listening can be a, an essentially political act, and can really bring a lot of answers and uh, a new kind of uh, you know society. So so. Yeah, so the, then the mode for, you know, the unheard sounds, the sounds beyond our threshold, our audible uh, limitations, so to say, uh, which I think uh, can be, uh, um, you know, a way to connect. That's the idea, the overall idea to sum, to sum up.
0: I'm interested in this idea that listening being a radical political movement uh, coming out of this period of uh, relative silence or um, underperformed sound. Um, uh, How is listening a political act?
2: Uh, Let me tell you just a little thing. Before 2020, by the end of 2019, I had the chance to go to, to the Tsunami Festival in Chile. Uh, I, I, we had already. I organized a festival here in Lisbon, and we had arranged a kind of um, interchange, so to say. So the the, the festival came here with a, a group of artists, and I went to, to the festival with a group of artists. And and uh, but then uh, there were all the social protests in the street happening. It was a, a kind of very you know violent and. Uh, 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 environment in in that everything was shut down and uh, a lot of uh, you know fights in the street and social heavy protests and the festival didn't cancel uh, uh, so they decided to change and and uh, and um, and um, concentrate in this idea of uh, sound practices in times of crisis this in fact i didn't know by by back then that we would face a pandemic a uh, few months after, but in uh, it was like a trigger uh, uh, in the way that uh, you know uh, I started to think a lot about you know how silence can be related to a lot of uh, you know dictatorship and uh, and the repression and. Uh, I don't know, this the consideration, this consideration, or uh, neglect, or a lot of um, ideas that could be in that situation, particular situation, be related, and how noise was kind of disruptive and would, you know, people were uh, feeling the urge to to come out to the streets and shout and change the system. So uh, this this little, you know, uh, dichotomy. Uh, in a way, triggered a bit this idea of uh, uh, political and revolution, and how this is all expressed in our uh, sonic uh, manifestations. Um, and then all this uh, pandemic for me was like a crescendo in this uh, idea, because uh, because then came the the pandemic and this idea that uh, we I think it was a bit global throughout the world this idea of urgency of changing uh, some some of us were a bit naive in the beginning thinking that this would be something that would change uh, the humanity obviously we were wrong maybe but uh, but uh, yes i think um, uh, when uh, it's like an ethical thing if you, to listen to the other to listen to the environment it's uh, to pay attention uh, you need to pay attention if you want to be ethical um, so, and I mean, all voices should be equal. Uh, and this is how I feel that uh, listening is uh, really political and in that really interests me.
0: So, in a sense, it's what's missing out of political action is the listening aspect and the awareness of others.
2: exactly. Being the others, uh, uh, all the others, you know, all the ecosystems, all all the other humans and non-humans uh which we need to you know face as equals and and give the chance to be heard
1: it's i've heard that memory is selective and uh listening and memory are 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 sort of integral to our our basic uh existence our basic survival so um similarly you could say that um listening is selective too. So um, we're always choosing what to listen to. Perhaps uh, we could uh, think about um, uh, listening as an act of the human body, uh, the body as a sensor, uh, as an environmental sensor. Uh, We can also think of how listening uh, connects to memory and um, how we make choices about what uh, we value. Um, I think this could also connect to um, educating our senses, uh, the education of the senses. I believe this is uh, an underlying theme for Murray Schaefer. And at the same time, Schaefer's colleague Barry Chuax uh, wrote uh, very clearly and, and systematically about the the concept of acoustic community. We're not only talking about individual bodies and individual listeners as the center of everything, but actually uh, as part of a community. So it's it's working on multiple levels. It's it does seem complex, but I think. It should be very audible to us uh, again once we begin to listen to it, and consider it. So it's a it's an act of sensing. It's an act of being sensitive, and I think there's something inherently political about that. There's even perhaps if I could take a a leap and say you know it can actually make all of us artists and 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 reconnect to the artist in everyone, uh, and I think that would be a very positive way to uh think about it
0: and some of those kinds of things that can take place during world listening day aren't just formal concerts or that type of thing but also uh what we call or what's called the sound walk which is a simple walk where the focus is on listening what are what are some of the range of types of things that uh, will take place
1: um I'm launching um, a series of Sound Walks organized by the Midwest Society for Acoustic Ecology. Uh, It's an organization that started up in 2009 uh, based in Chicago, but we have uh, a participation of people within the whole Midwest region uh, or uh, much of the Midwest region of the United States, uh, which uh, by definition covers a pretty large part of the country. And then um, the World Listening Project will be promoting a range of activities. We know of them uh, through the collection of uh, online participation form that uh, we, we've we been um, asking people to um, get online and, and fill out for us So we know what's going on, who's doing what and uh, when, so we can try to share that information. So there's many sound walks there and uh, we'll be, um, Uh, posting those on the website, along with a 24-hour stream of audio and video works related to this year's theme, uh, starting up on, uh, uh, well, Chicago time would be starting up on the 17th, actually, but it would be at uh, Universal Time Code Zero on July 18th when it starts up. And uh, so uh, if one should happen to be, online and in quarantine when they're not out um, participating in the SoundWalk they can listen to that 24-hour stream of works. So um, that's a few things right there. I know, and there's there's many, many uh, events. Um, Some are performance-based, some maybe seminars, uh, workshops and also SoundWalks.
0: Now, SoundWalk doesn't have any Limitations on the number of people that can participate. So it's something that can still happen within, uh, health regulations, I would imagine. Um, are there, are there different types of sound walks that have occurred, um, Raquel or Eric, that you've noticed during the pandemic than, than what were considered previously?
2: I would mention Amanda Gutierrez that you both know for of course she has a very interesting uh, work connecting with a lot of uh, female sound artists that do sound walking practices in this uh, ar uh, based uh, technology which i think it's a very interesting uh, way to to approach it with you can do it alone and be guided so in a way you can feel connected with with uh, some guidance and at the same time with all the restrictions that there is a safe environment to do it and um this is something that i would mention in this uh, context, for example.
1: Yeah, um, Amanda Gutierrez and Viv Coringham are collaborating on a SoundWalk. I am I don't have the information in front of me at the moment. So I hesitate to give or touch. I don't want to give erroneous uh, information. But um, check me on this. It might be on July sixteenth. And it should be happening, I believe, in Brooklyn, New York. And I would say that uh, uh, Viv Coringham has a a particular way of uh, doing what she calls shadow walks. So uh, walking and listening, speaking and singing are all combined. It's sort of a uh, staged process of talking with somebody uh, that Viv would actually shadow, you might say, to walk with someone while this other person talks about uh, a particular site where that's of uh, importance in their memory, uh, maybe a place that's a part of their, their routine or significant events in their lives. And, and Viv would record them talking about the place while they walk through it and picking up the sounds of the ambience of that space, as well as the uh, speech and the conversation, and then Viv would take this back into her studio and in, uh, uh, record and mix, um, as I understand, an improvised vocal piece. And Viv is a uh, a vocal artist and uses um, singing and extended vocal techniques uh, to to as her her. Her uh, her instrument, her mode of expression, and puts these together into a uh, a recorded sound composition. So, but um, together, uh, I think they're having a, a public event, uh, and it's involved with this. And um, I...
2: I would I would mention also I don't know if they are doing uh, something for the July 18th. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if your question was about people doing sound walks in a very different approaches or sound walks specifically designed for the July 18th but i was thinking about uh, uh, um, an artist based in uh, in berlin uh, katrin Hammler, mostly known as katrin M. She, she does sound walking with shoes with these wood sole shoes that resonate. Uh, a lot in different environments, uh, and which is very interesting because you feel the the you know the architecture and the acoustics of of the space through the soundwalk in a very vivid way. And also Sam Weingart, also I think in cooperation with with Catherine, they are conducting a very interesting uh, soundwalk. He has this approach about which goes into this idea of thinking with the ears. So, for example, in Lisboa Soa, which is a festival that I organize here in, in uh, Lisbon, um, he, he's been doing this uh, throughout the world, these sound walks that are specifically for uh, urban planners, architects, uh, geographers, and people that are related to the urban spaces, which many times are completely... Uh, um, away from this uh, thinking about sound so so i think it's also very important to involve uh, other people uh, that can you know uh, incorporate uh, these ideas and these practices because as we know uh, sound Walk was is a kind of uh, empirical uh, approach to understanding the the environment so it's very useful uh, as a tool for for the people that th- make decisions in a, in the urban spaces, for example, but also in other disciplines
0: yeah that's good to note that it's not just um, musicians uh, performing outdoors it's a multidisciplinary
2: i think it's very important i think that's most important is to bring uh, people from other fields to to these practices and to start thinking and be aware uh, of how sound affects us.
0: I was interested to know, with your background in film, how you got introduced to the field of acoustic ecology and soundscape studies.
2: I was uh, doing a master in communication, science communication and arts in in 2003 to 2005, four or five more or less. And back then I was having a a, a documentary, a video documentary project in Portugal that uh, basically we went to uh, primary schools and brought the children to their grandparents to, uh, you know, this kind of uh, knowledge of oral tradition. And so this, uh, because, you know, uh, uh, society was much more uh, aware of listening when you know, uh, printing <laughs> wasn't happening yet, so uh, we were more oral, so to say. And and so they they um, the, the project was very uh, connected to oral tradition here in Portugal. And and I was collecting uh, old chantics and uh, old sayings from north to the sound of, south of the country when I was in my master and. Uh, uh, Wanting to research uh, something that would bring me out uh, to the streets and not to the library uh, at at this first stage so and then I also noticed that all my colleagues were researching uh, image um, image related studies uh, and uh, there was this uh, this uh, class I was in a seminar. Uh, uh, and uh, my th- my teacher was uh, talking about the phonograph and how this changed the perception how all this and suddenly this made me uh, alight the, the this idea of how sound recording really changed uh, this uh, the technology changed the uh, the way we we think and uh, change much more than maybe we can think of starting in the first place. But so then I started to to research uh, uh, this idea of sonic identity of places. And I discovered acoustic ecology, which is basically uh, I did my master uh, on acoustic ecology and all the history and a very preliminary kind of stage. And from the master, I then decided to do a PhD Uh, which would be focused on Lisbon and the Lisbon case. Uh, But then I also, you know, did everything with my camera and my audio recorder. So I collected throughout these years a lot of interviews, a lot of materials, everything I do, I tend to document. Uh, So I did a lot of, kind of, you know, I've been doing documentaries also about sound, besides other things. So. So that's why uh, I connected um, many things together. When and then, then I started to organize events first within visible places. Uh, also, I was back then a bit critical about the academy. Uh, it, it, it seems to me uh, uh, very closed inside for a wall sometimes. It should be more open, I think, in a way. When I first contacted Eric Leonarsson, he remembers probably this when we first did the, the first Invisible Places in Vizio in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, it was an independent uh, <laughs> asking for, the, well, let's do a, a, a conference. And uh, so, uh the the will and the the pleasure about doing these things grew and then i kept on doing them that's how it happened and so everything is good everything is a bit in my life everything is dedicated to these in different outputs nowadays i i've been doing a, a, i created then a festival and the sound art an environmental sound art festival Basically, we occupy public spaces in Lisbon and uh, with sound installations, sound walks, workshops, and obviously performances. We, there's a, we bring the audience to these public spaces and make them experience through the years. And uh, you know, uh, Uh, techniques like sonification for example it's not only you know about noise it's how how sound can be a resource to make you understand other things about the environment and so this became something that I really like to do and uh, and just been doing this for the last uh, years
0: (laughs) and Eric with your role with the World Forum for Acoustic Ecology you you discuss listening and encounter listening from many different uh, perspectives and different disciplines. What are the different takes on listening that come from different backgrounds?
1: Well, I, I, I try to let others do the talking about listening. Uh, and, and I just try to make sure there's a, a functioning platform for people to have the exchange of information and actually connect with one another and and have opportunities to meet and and talk about the differing ideas and perspectives and the histories of um, sonic art, acoustic ecology, sound studies, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But my experience goes back to these physical events, which we haven't been able to do for the past year uh, uh, because of the pandemic. are, are, have been really energizing and exciting ones. And that's why I get really behind, I I, I get behind it. And that's why I've been drawn into this and find myself becoming head of the the World Forum for Acoustic Ecology. And then with little knowledge I had to share from that, I ended up uh, leading the World Listening Project. Oh yeah, and there's the Midwest Society as well. Anyways. um, but it was in 93 um, as a kind of fledgling sound artist myself, an experimental musician, sound designer, you know, at the, in the early 90s where we're still trying to come up with the, the terminology. This is when I discovered uh, acoustic ecology and also all the work of the World Listening Project and this guy named Murray Schaefer and his colleagues, um, Westercamp, Truex, da-da-da-da. And there was this uh, international group. And Darren, this is where we met in 93 at the Banff Center for the Arts. And that was when the first international conference on acoustic ecology, tuning of the world took place. And that's where the World Forum was established. It was founded at that conference. Claude Schreier was, a, a, was a, a real force behind it, kind of like, uh, and he's still contributing. He'll, you'll hear Claude's work in the uh, 24-hour stream. And so uh, now it's Raquel, and Raquel is, is this force, is organizing things from her base in, in Portugal you know, with the 2014 um, Invisible Places Conference and the one that came later, that was in 2017? 17, 20, yeah, Yeah, 20. yeah. yeah. In so San really wonderful places, you know, Banff Center for the Arts is this fantastic place. Uh, I have to get back there before, before while I'm still on earth myself, uh, amazing place, but, um, one in the Azores and the other before that in Buzios—just fantastic places to, to meet and, and, and all that.
0: I think that there's uh, also the interesting thing about this field or area in its multidisciplinary nature is that it has one foot in art and one foot outside of art. And um, you can't say that about other, necessarily every artistic field. And uh, what makes this different? Is it because of a kind of a a care to the aspect of the environment that we all experience, whether we're an architect or a musician or a painter? Uh, Does it, like, what is it that, what's the thread that binds uh, all of this worldwide activity, whether it's what Raquel's doing in Lisbon or what you're doing in the Midwest?
1: It's about uh, cultural, change Um, uh, the field of acoustic ecology in particular seems predominantly um academic or populated and um and defined by in an academic way but as raquel was saying earlier what pulled her in was being able to work outside the um what some might refer to as the ivory tower of academia um and and realize that the the scientific and the creative work that is um, has been and it continues on um, is not self-serving for those uh, those fields, but is uh, has uh, critically important um, ideas and knowledge for the whole. Oh, Work, or the whole world and its populations and when i say populations it's not only the human populations but it's also the non-human populations as well you know we're all kind of reeling and and adapting and recovering from the pandemic but we have a larger one with even deeper and i and I, I i have to say darker uh potential consequences through uh, climate change and so Mm-hmm. The changes that are taking place on Earth are audible and measurable uh, through sound, and 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 so the research taking place, the studies, the knowledge already gained has uh, uh, a real important uh, value and immense impact for um, uh, coping with what's uh, ahead of us uh, and what's actually. A process that's underway at this time. So it applies for everyone. Um, and one one thing I would like to be clear about is that I don't think the change can take place in a top-down manner. Obviously policymakers have a lot of power and um, they should be able to use it in, in positive ways. But at the same time, I think um, the pressure to do so has to come from the bottom up. So. So um, participation from uh, a broad public, um, not just from the experts, but from a bo- broad public, to listen to what the experts are telling us and together uh, come up with solutions is, is, is essential. It's uh, a critically important or else um, it's dark times ahead.
0: Yeah, in
2: that sense I think uh, sound art uh, when it's uh, social or environmentally oriented is an amazing, uh, can be an amazing tool to waken up. So this is something that i uh, very interested to understand more and more and more the potential because um, I mean there are so many uh, amazing artists doing s- Amazing works uh, that really go into the, the the real part of the question, and also mm-hmm. uh, when you know when you bring, uh, for example, in uh, when you bring sound art uh, to the streets and uh, um, all audiences can experience. Uh, I have seen throughout uh, these uh, uh, projects that I've been doing. Uh, children with um, three years old and uh, elderly uh, with none kind of, with any kind of uh, knowledge about sound or technology or anything to really uh, go after a sound work and uh, listen and and make this you know uh, urge uh, or make this uh, quest about what is what what can this bring to you and this experience. Uh, this sensorial experience is uh, very important for us as humans, but also for our education. And so this is something that I um, borrow from Maurice Schaffer, this idea of ear cleaning. Uh, I, I pretty much think it's very important, uh, education, and starting from early ages to, to, to explore this, the education. And, and only that can really uh, change something. This is what Eric, uh, exactly what I agree with Eric. It's, it's not from top to the bottom. It's really, you need to, you know, uh, uh, create this idea of uh, citizenship, uh, uh, which is, exp- is expressed also uh, sonically. And, and that's, that's, I think, it's very important. And I think art, uh, in general, can have an, an essential role uh, and, and can be an important tool. For that,
0: well, coming up, I guess, is a chance for the public at large to engage in this issue—the uh, um, health of our acoustic community and acoustic survival, um, our engagement with the rest of the world through sound—to uh, uncover those hidden sounds um, that we've been ignoring and uh, and the and the importance that they speak. Um, Beyond World Listening Day on July 18th, what are, um, well, I mean, that's an occasion to participate, but beyond that, what are the other occasions?
1: Every single day is a World Listening Day. (laughs) So we don't just turn it on for that day and then turn it off every day. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, how uh, this, Sounds make you feel is it's so uh uh elemental. Uh, I think, um, uh, the next day when you wake up in the morning, what did you wake up to? Uh, is it um, is it your favorite sounds or do you remember the sound of you had in your dreams? Um, did how did it make you feel? And um, if you're not happy about it, what can you do? to address it. Um, I'm, I'm not suggesting complaining, but changing things. Um, is it um, um, something that you need to learn about? Uh, are, are you the only one or is your community engaged? Um, and how does how does sound relate with all the other elements of our our um, environment? Uh, we think, you know, of of air, um, the quality of our air that we breathe, which is also the medium that bears the sound and brings it to our ears. Um, but um, how do we move through, through our homes, uh, through our neighborhoods um, to where we, we go to do our work? Um, are these places um, safe? Are they healthy? Uh, do you enjoy them? sound plays its role in in all of that so it's it's a part of everyday life
0: and I guess that's why the field is interdisciplinary because it touches on every aspect of our lives which are which span many specializations
1: yeah, um, yeah. it could be it could be simple but it can also be challenging uh, so one has to be able to you know deal with um, the the uh, the ways uh, the the emotion that it it might um, inspire you know sometimes it's difficult um, but to get started I think is very simple uh, Raquel mentioned ear cleaning exercises um, as one that uh, are, are very simple and immediate and enjoyable um, and instructive all at the same time
2: it's an immense field and. It's very fascinating, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> yeah. But basically, I think you know, acoustic ecology is a field or is a branch of ecology in general. So it's it's all about uh, you know the environment and our own uh, well-being and uh, survival, and all species' survival. So it's. Uh, something that uh, one should be aware of and um, and also through sound and also I, I think you know uh, this uh, education uh, uh, will lead to uh, more informed uh, uh, professionals from all areas uh, that can incorporate uh, uh, you know more uh, uh, conscient um, practices so it's important it's like uh, you know it's important for our evolution
1: i I think um the ways that we use technology um Mm -hmm. are um are highlighted through um uh the uh, the interests and concerns in acoustic ecology so when i think about uh childhood education literacy uh, social media, um, all of these things. The thread uh, connects everything together. Uh, and it's really important to be attentive to those threads, just to be um, mindful of how they're impacting us and uh, the others that we have to care for. Again, I'm thinking of children in this case. So there's an educational role. Uh, you can use sound in a, in a positive way You can also use it in an abusive way. So I I think it's really important to be uh, uh, very mindful of that.
0: And the World Listening Day stream, uh, what is some of the other content that will be heard and seen? If you could summarize it briefly of what that would consist of.
1: Yeah, there's a a wonderful um, radio documentary um, documentary, Originally made for BBC Radio, um, and it features uh, Jana Vinderen, who's a a Norwegian artist. It was made uh, these recordings that are just uh, uh, spellbinding, um, uh, using hydrophones and 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 other sound sources uh, that are. Aligned with the, uh, the theme of The Unquiet Earth, um, she might be exclusively working with underwater sound recordings of marine life, you know, whales and, and other types of species. But uh, another wonderful recording is from Ania Lockwood, uh, who collaborated with uh, Bob Alecki um, um, to record sounds from uh, the uh, ionosphere, like, you know, uh, solar uh, energy activity uh, picked up in the atmosphere, which doesn't produce a sound, but it it creates um, electromagnetic and um, um, other sounds in the radio spectrum that can be um, transduced or transformed into an audio to hear. And these sounds are really fantastic. And Uh, uh, This piece is titled Wild Energy um, and is part of a sound installation at the Caramore Arts Center in New York, uh, by the same name, Wild Energy.
2: But there were were also other ways of uh, submitting, because it's not only for the broadcast, right? So everyone can celebrate uh, the World Listening Day on a personal level. Uh, which is also something that's that is important to say Um, and I think uh, uh, many people do and not not everyone uh, go into the uh, or submit or apply also what is really important to have one day dedicated to anything is because sometimes that uh, um, that thing uh, is very neglected and so that's why it's important to you know celebrate one day but it's not to to concentrate everything in a single day the importance of the day is to raise awareness Uh, so i think that's the real objective is is to bring listening to the to the center of the um, of our you know uh, concerns
0: that was raquel castro and eric leonardson in conversation with me Darren Copeland. This is Making Waves. It's a broadcast here on WGXC every second Saturday of the month. World Listening Day takes place July 18th with in-person events happening around the world and a 24-hour broadcast on WaveFarm, NASA Radio, and the YouTube page of the World Listening Project. One of the aspects described about World Listening Day is the attention to uncover sounds and noises that became noticeable during the lockdown periods of COVID-19. Prying deeper into those quiet background and delicate sounds uh, uh, one can do that with using ultrasonic detectors hydrophones and other specialized equipment and uh, that's uh, something that Zach Poff has been doing He's prepared an eight-minute uh, time-lapse of the sounds from his pond radio installation at Wave Farm. I thought I'd share uh, that, uh, kind of connecting us back to uh, last month's show that included an interview with Zach Puff. You've been listening to Making Waves, and we'll be returning to these airwaves one month from now.